Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to Football Friday here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, our second, actually third Football Friday of the season, second NFL week, but we did have a Football Friday during the collegiate football season. We will, much to the chagrin of the Chicago fans, review, recap, and recapitulate, maybe regurgitate, and a couple other bodily functions. The Bear-Packer game from last night, we'll take your thoughts, your conclusions, positive, negative, and the vast in-between. NFL beat the Schmoes football picks today. We'll throw in some college football as well and maybe talk about one of the more exciting rainouts in recent baseball history yesterday at U.S. Cellular Park. 888-463-6748. The phone lines will be open throughout. Big Dog and a coach recapping Bear Packer with a towel for tears. very much david olson producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass football friday welcome everybody to the two guys at a mic show talkzone.com hope your friday is off to a phenomenal start big weekend hopefully a great one for you planned ahead beautiful uh just a little bit of tinge of cool the autumnal air starting to sneak in absolutely love this time of year i'm trying to stay as optimistic as i can after watching the debacle that was uh Green Bay Packer and Chicago Bears. Congratulations, first of all, to our fans from uh, up north, the Green Bay Packers. Um, what's the expression, Dave? Um, and I forget who said it, but reports of our demise have been greatly exaggerated. Some general said that, right? Yeah, that's the phrase. I'm huh? not sure who said that. That is the correct phrase, though. But you don't know who said it? I don't. All right. really doesn't matter. But that would be the case with the Green Bay Packers because there were not here. Not myself and the big dog, but there were a few pundits in the uh, NFL football world. Packers lose to the 49ers, starting to age a little bit. Maybe Green Bay is over the cusp and headed. Nobody predicted collapse, but they thought maybe the glory days of recent of the Green Bay Packer might be over after watching yesterday's game. Not so much. I know the Bears were bad, but the Green Bay Packers played solid football. As long as you got Aaron Rodgers on one side of the football, and you got Clayton Matthews Jr. on the other side of the football. You got a pretty good football team. And they got some nice complimentary players uh, to go with it. So uh, what was the final score? 23 to 10? 23 to 10. 23-10. Wasn't as close as the score would indicate. The Bears scored the touchdown late. It was 23 to 3. Uh really up until late in the ball game. Again, Bear Packer fans out there, you want to chime in, talk some NFL football, the game yesterday, um on the NFL network, 888-463-67. 48 is our phone number again, 888 The offensive line, absolutely horrendous for the Chicago Bears. Some of it certainly due to the Green Bay Packer pass rush. And, boy, if any coaches try to teach young pass rushers out there how to get to the quarterback, not only, I don't know, if I had to analyze Clay Matthews, it's it's 20% skill. When I watch him play over the years, I don't know that I've seen any phenomenal skill moves that it is. I would say it is 40% athleticism, 
And then, you know, a solid 40%, if not more, just attitude. And, and again, the word relentless is often used uh, cliche-like in the world of sports. But if ever there has been an athlete that has symbolized, I, I would offer any sports fan out there, name me a player in any sport who has symbolized the athletic term relentless. Any sport. I'll take hockey. I don't think he could be relentless in baseball. Maybe, maybe a pitcher. But any athlete who is, who is um, symbolized the very definition of the word relentless better than Clayton Matthews Jr., linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. I think he does it as good as anybody. So I'm going to go 20% skill. I don't mean that as an insult to Clay Matthews, but I don't see him doing any great swim techniques. I mean, he's got good technique, but nothing special. 40% athleticism, 40% relentlessness. Green Bay Packers all over the bear, 23-10. to 10. Right now, let me welcome in my partner who um, rather defiantly, Rather confidently picked our Chicago Bear to win, as many did. i got to get you off the hook, Big Doug. A lot of people were picking the Bear to win yesterday. It did not happen. How are you, my friend? My guess is not all that good. Well, that was the first time I've ever picked the Bears to beat the Packers, and it didn't pan out. Could you believe that? Ouch. Were you able to watch it? Oh, yeah, I was able to watch it, Coach. I I canceled all the tours yesterday and uh, ended up, that's what I had to deal with. Not, I'm not happy with it whatsoever. Go ahead, rub it in that I picked my book of it. But ugly. But ugly. All right, I can tell. Just from your voice, Big Doug, you're down a little bit here. We uh, Let's talk about the butt ugly part. Me and David Olson almost got into fisticuffs this morning over a couple of topics. Assistant producer Randy Myers had to step in between, and we both punched Randy and felt the better for it. Some guys that sometimes the guy in the middle is the guy who gets hit, and I think Gabe Carini might know exactly what we're talking about. But yeah. um, specifically, Big Doll, what what upset you the most? I know there's a lot of contenders. Uh, I would just have to say that the straight up uh, beating man on man of the offensive line. Now you can, no, you can straight up say, oh, it was scheme and my type. This I will tell you, the scheme of the passing game was ridiculous because none of the receivers were open. So yes, there is scheme that was involved, but it was just basically Clay Matthews doing, just like you said, rushing the edge from the five or the seven technique and getting to the quarterback. It wasn't because they were looping around and they would overload one side and yep. do something tricky. They just played base defense and whooped the Bears. Mm-hmm. And and as, as a Bear fan, we got a, 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 a just like a reminder that this offense is not yet explosive. Okay, explosive against... The Colts and the Jaguars and the Rams is one thing. Mm-hmm. Explosive against the Lions, the 49ers, and the and the Packers might be something completely different, Coach. By the way, uh, Matthews led the way, but let us not forget uh, there were you know it was like a sieve inside too. Garza, Spencer to a slightly lesser case, Lance Lewis. I thought Garza and Spencer just got ripped apart, and Gabe Carini wasn't great either. But it wasn't just on the one side. The Packers got got pass rush from uh, just about everywhere. Uh, B.J. Raja up the middle, Jarrell Worthy. Oh, my goodness, folks. Jarrell Worthy from Michigan State can just flat-out play football. The Packers have a really good defensive line. Mm -hmm. And and they had a real, real athletic secondary last year. And if they keep on getting pass rush like this, they're going to be all right. Here with Charles Woodson, by the way, David Olson. I don't know if you heard this or not. I had not – I didn't hear any of the postgame because I watched the end of the game this morning. But – Woodson basically 
They asked him about Cutler, you know, doing a little bit of talking. Hey, we got some weapons now. You know, finally we can bring on the Packers a little bit. They got to play on us. Woodson made some comment about they may have weapons, but it's the same old Jay, he said, something to that effect. All we have to do is be in position, and he'll get the ball to us. Well, you know what, Jay Cutler uh, kind of talks smack about the Green Bay Packer defensive back. So he better be able to take it when the Green yep. Bay defensive back talks smack about him. And yep. um, and I, I, I don't know if it was just the position. I would have to say it was the fact that Jay Cutler was hit so many times yesterday. Very difficult to play quarterback. Although Aaron Rodgers was hit early. By the way, Chicago Bear defense, there'll be very few complaints, maybe a Couple little thing, but very few complaints about the Chicago Bears defensive performance. They played quite well. Rodgers went down early, but yes, he didn't did. get the yips and he didn't go into his depression mode and start yelling. He did yell at a receiver one time, but start yelling at his offensive line and start, you know, just, and he still stepped into his throws. Cutler, once he faced some adversity early, started throwing off his back foot. And we, we know one thing more than, any consistent with Jay Cutler is when he steps into his throw, he is really, really good. When he doesn't, like last night, he's really, really bad. You know, it, it's so funny you said that because do you, do you remember the time where he threw an interception and a double coverage when Brandon Marshall was doing the, the yep. flag, the post flag? Yep. And they're like, wow, he just underthrew it. Jay Cutler has a cannon for an arm. Not as Thank good you. as everybody else says when they say he has a better arm than Elway. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. But yeah, he threw off his back foot. All That's he did was yeah. step into that throw, and that would have been a com- uh, not a completion, yep. but he would have thrown it in an area where Brandon Marshall had a chance Thank to get you. it. Because, and Mike, uh, Mike Mayotte, our favorite color guy, missed that. No, he didn't underthrow it. He underthrew. Why did he underthrow it? A, because there was pressure, and he was a little bit afraid of following through. But B, he didn't step confidently, and he, he was flinching a little bit. He didn't step into his throw. That's why he underthrew it. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And Mike Mayock was all over a bunch of stuff yesterday, and uh, he was all over the Bears' offensive line like he should yep. have been. Yep, he's excellent. Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. 888-463-6748. You want to talk about Bears-Packers yesterday? Don't forget we got Beat the Schmoes football picks coming up on an NFL Collegiate Football Football Friday. Here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show, we'll sneak in a little bit of baseball, maybe a couple other topics out there, but definitely football intensive today, particularly Bear, Packer, and and where me and David, uh, producer Dave, Joel, almost got into fisticuffs is I started off my comment with him by saying, you know, Jay Cutler might be, to me, one of the most unlikable athletes and biggest puds we've ever had playing for a team in, in, in Chicago sports. I just can't. The guy's attitude. I, I, won't, I, won't, I can't agree with that because I don't think we've ever had a quarterback have to deal with what he's had to deal with. That's what my, David's yeah, point. Yeah, my was. point exactly. My point exactly. So you're gonna you're gonna let him off the hook because of a bad offensive line. I, I I'm also gonna let him off the hook because the Bears shouldn't. The Bears have to play like five primetime games this year, and if anybody realizes it, when you're a juvenile diabetic, they got to figure out a way to keep him healthy and upright and thinking clearly during night games, coach. The guy's a juvenile mm-hmm. diabetic. They have to give him shots all day long. All this other stuff. I always notice during the the day games he plays awesome, and during the night games he gets the interesting. Basket. Interesting. I'm really I, I worried gotta, about this. I got to think about that. They're bringing the diabetic factor into it. That's interesting. But his attitude still sucks during the day. 
you know, your leader, your quarterback is supposed to elevate the team, make guys feel better, make guys want to play better. I didn't see that yesterday or very few times from Jay Cutler. He makes, uh, you could see it. Jamarcus Webb was just sinking. Like yeah, a you ship. know, it's he funny just... that you say that because I've probably been the only one who noticed that there was one time where Cutler was coming off the field. He was oh, three yeah. minutes to Marcus Webb. I was probably the only one that noticed that he chest bumped Marcus, Jamarcus Webb. Yep. And they had a smile on his face when he was done with it. <laughs> he did? Yes. I don't know. What were you drinking last was, night? Why was he yelling at his teammates? I'm like, he was just smiling with him and patted him on the back no. and it was all done. No. Yes, he did. Yes, no. he did. No. Yes, I he don't did. Know about that. There was, I... Yes, he did. He was, was after after I was he. I was the only one at the whole place that noticed that, and Mike Mayock even said, "Look, he just gave him a pat on the back." So, Jay Cutler was all over him and realized, "Hey, I got to get, I got to pick this guy up a little bit." That you're saying that happened. Did this happen separately, or did it happen the same time we saw Jay Cutler yelling at uh, Jamarcus Webb coming off the field? He was coming off the field with Jamarcus Webb. Okay. And when he got to the sideline, yeah, he like chest bumped. Jamarcus Webb uh, from Jamarcus Webb's side slapped him on his ass as he walked around him, and then you can tell Cutler was smiling. Boy, I'd have to watch that over again, Big Dog, because I watched it. It it happened in the second quarter. In pretty good clarity, I watched that, and boy, I didn't get that at all. I was watching it in in on a high definition. How many how many high definition uh, Amstel lights did you had at that point? None. I had. You're right. And I don't drink Amstel Light, everyone. I know that. I didn't drink anything last night. That was based on... What? You went Sam's alcoholic beverage last night? First Packers. I don't need to get fired up for that. When I'm watching Florida International take on Florida Atlantic, (laughs) I just need a couple drinks. Not First Packers. Can you you recommend a beer for the fans out there maybe catching a Florida Atlantic against a Florida Southern this weekend? A past Blue Ribbon. That did win the Blue Ribbon. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, we got two differing views on that. Anybody that wants to uh, step in and separate the two combatants on that one, 888-463-6748. I don't care what you said. The guy's a putt. And I don't, I love the Bears. You know that. But, but Jay Cutler is significantly affecting my enjoyment of rooting for the Chicago Bears. I don't like the guy. And yesterday just confirmed that even. And I'm not talking about his ability because when he's good, he's really good. I'm just talking about his demeanor and his attitude. He's a putt, but that's just me. It's easy for you to say you're not in the huddle with the guy. His teammates seem to love him. You think so? Yes. Okay. I, I remember quarterbacks around here that were hated by Chicago Bears, guys like Dave McNown and a few others. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What about Charles Woodson's comment that uh, you put a little pressure on him and just all you got to be is a defensive back is in the right spot? You don't have to make a great play. Cutler will throw the ball right to you. That's proven true. Uh, it de- well, it definitely was yesterday. What am I supposed to say? It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday he was uh, he was a couldn't step up, couldn't pretty yeah, much do anything. Up until the last how many inter- four interceptions did he throw yesterday? Yeah, three. And or four Earl Bennett. Earl Bennett should have come back for one. No question about that. But that's not just yesterday. That's uh, again, he had a great last four or five games at the end of last year, and a very good game against Indianapolis. Although he did throw a terrible intercept. But prior to that. For the two years prior to that, that was the Jay Cutler we saw. Decent one game and then throwing the ball away the next game. So it wasn't just a one-game anomaly. What about the play call on Big Dunk? Well, obviously the play call had to have been horrible because the passing plays, nobody was open. 
And the, the, I thought they needed to run the ball a little bit more than they did. And they did not, especially considering Cutler was getting hammered. They needed to run the ball more. Now, now I'm worried about is, is Matt Forte okay? Oof. That would... It was an ugly game last night. Yep. Okay, that forget about all the other. We what a surprise! Jamarcus Webb got his ass handed to him by Clay Matthews. We didn't see that one coming. The simple play calling that you don't have uh, Michael Bush and Matt Forte chipping on Clay Matthews. Yep. Kellen Davis, who is a horrible receiver as a tight end, slamming in Clay Matthews every single time before a place is bad play calling first and foremost. Okay, and then the simple fact: if you really want to slow Clay Matthews down from sprinting at Jay Cutler every time there's a play, run a run a running play at him every once in a while and keep him honest. The play calling was horrible yesterday. Yeah. And I, I agree with your last comment. I disagree with you. I thought they did commit to the run. They committed early. In the first half, and they sprinkled it in. They committed early in the second half. I thought they ran the ball. My complaint, Big Dog, is that, you know, I thought it was like Ron, uh, Ron Shoops, Ron Turner, John Shoops offense again, very milk toast. You know, do we have any other running plays besides straight handoff between the tackles? I mean, commit to the running game, but, you know, could we go off tackle? Could we sweep? Do you, you realize that running a sweep at Clay Matthews, when you don't have to worry about outside containment whatsoever as yeah. the outside rush guy, it means you take your ears, you pin them back, and you sprint at the quarterback. That's all you have to do. And even if you run between the tackles, that's inside of you. You can stop and cut and and keep it. And uh, oh, and I, I agree, they needed they need some outside running game. Yes. How about a screen right towards yes. Clay Matthews? Thank you. A screen right at Clay Matthews. Yes. I either have to continue to rush at the quarterback and never get there or make a play. Instead, yeah. none of that. I mean, uh. I completely agree. Our, our adjustments to their aggressiveness, uh, the screen, a draw play, uh, you know, Devin Hester. Now that counter? you've got Brandon Marshall and you got Bennett and Alshon Jeffrey out there, by the way, Earth, Alshon Jeffrey, where are you? Um, you know, you can use Devin Hester as a little bit of a weapon. They never. Quick pass to Devin, little slant to Devin, little, uh, you know, maybe a, a little wing back reverse, get him involved in the game, and you're exactly right. The screen pass or some derivative thereof was badly lacking yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not screaming for the wide receiver screen, but, you know, it's funny is when we would run that way too much and people be like, I never want to see it again. I'd be like, guys, it's not a bad play once a game. You know what I mean? Not yeah. five times a game, but, you know, once a game, the receiver screen isn't a bad play. That would, you, put, you put Devin Hester in the slot. You put Brandon Marshall outside of him. You have Brett, Brandon Marshall run an arrow. Yep. Hester runs a little loop play right on Clay Matthews' side. And all of a sudden, Clay Matthews starts worrying about stuff besides, let's go kill Cutler. Mm-hmm. All right. Let us be the first to call for the heads of offensive coordinator Mike Tice. By the way, is I Tice – I couldn't figure it out. Is Tice calling the plays or is it uh, Jeremy, don't call me, Edward Bates? What happens is this is – when there's a running play, Tice calls it. When there's a passing play, Bates calls it. Well, the the obvious question after that is who decides if it's going to be a run or pass? Mike Tice. Okay. Really? Are you so serious? I gotta is, all I got to do is you have to have somebody watching the offense coordinator okay. and say, well, Jeremy Bates didn't say anything on this play, so it's a run play. Interesting. Oh, Jeremy Bates spoke on this play, so it must be a pass play. <laughs> You think I'm kidding, Coach? I, I, I'm laughing because of the simplicity. I hope you're kidding because if it's for real, Bill Belichick will have a field day if they play the Bear. 
you get, can you imagine they they got this spy and they're like, oh, space to speak and get a, get a nickel back on there and a pass rusher. Uh, goodness gracious, seven sacks, four interceptions. Not the recipe for victory. And uh, again, the offensive line was absolutely brutal. Defense, though, big dog. You know, defense played okay. So they did. They, they did, and they, they weren't at fault for the loss. Mm-hmm. I, I wish they could add a little more pressure on Aaron Rodgers. They should have been a little bit more stepper stopped in the run. They came up with a bunch of stops. They only had one turnover, which is unbear like you know they, you like the two and three turnover games from from the defense. Defense isn't the problem. Yesterday, they, the defensive line actually played well, especially yep. early. Not late after the Packers had the ball for about 75 minutes of the 60. Yeah, Benson got a few too many yards. Uh, you know, we're picking at straws here a little bit, but uh, a few too many, what do they call it, second chance, yards after content, contact. Uh, so I would have liked to see the defense stop him a little bit more. But And Lance Briggs, by the way. Woo! Erlocker, I thought, was pretty good. Step up from game one. Lance Briggs, outstanding. Again, mm-hmm. I mean, that dude is really... He's, I was thinking about this, though. He's not there yet, but two or three more seasons, if he can keep it up at the level he's playing, is he starting to enter Hall of Fame category? Like I said, I don't think he's there yet, but boy, he's awfully good. If the Bears win a Super Bowl with him playing that linebacker, he'll end up in the Hall of Fame, Coach. I mean, I think that's going to be the difference right now. They're going to, if the Bears could maybe go to multiple Super Bowls. Or, or win the Super Bowl with him there, yes, he, he get consideration. You know what the funny thing is, is? I can remember Lance Briggs missing tackles. Only because those are like, he does it so infrequently. When miss, yep. Lance Briggs tackles you. He is, Good tackling is one of the most underrated features of linebackers nowadays. Yep. Like, How many sacks does the guy have? How many times does he miss tackles? Lance mm-hmm. Briggs doesn't miss them. He, he's an excellent linebacker. Mm-hmm. And has been, I think he's got, what, seven Pro Bowls? I mean, that's, that's that sounds about right. He has at least six. That's, that's starting six. to build up the resume, and he's well on his way after the first two games to eight. So, uh, boy, he's the least of our worries right now. And the uh, defensive backfield, not all that bad. So, overall, the defense, uh, you know, pretty decent game. Special teams, not so good, and the offense was just horrific. But uh, it's only two games, big dog. We, we, will, we will get back off the turf and um, get back up and – Get ready to take on who next week? It's the Cowboys in two weeks. It's, it's, it's the Rams next week. Um, we still have to focus on this week because we have a whole Sunday before we get to the, the yep. Bears thing. The, the thing that blew everything away was uh, the fake field goal. For wow, glad you brought that if up. Think, if you think about yeah, the defense, they, they allowed 23 points in some weird way. It was kind of like 19. If the, oh, that call... I am not kidding you. Right when they did it, I I was like, it's a touchdown. I am not kidding you. I, you saw it happening. I was like, I cannot believe they just scored a touchdown. And if it's six six right there, you're like the Bears are getting killed, and, and the touchdown will put them ahead. Yep. That play was gigantic to yep. make it ten nothing. Glad you brought that up. And uh, you know, here we are, bad host, twenty three minutes into the show, and again, you're listening here. You want to talk a little Bear Packer from last night? Dial it up with the coach and the big dog, 888-463-6748. That play was huge. Great special teams call. Now, you said you saw it all the way, big dog. I don't know. I, I think no, I mean, most... Like, right when they snapped the ball and you, I saw it was fake, I'm like, oh, no, it's a touchdown. But like, could, I just saw But could you tell? Opening. See, I, I couldn't tell what was... I, I knew something was going on, but mm-hmm. until I saw the replay, I had no idea what they pulled off. 
Oh, I knew because I saw the up back running across okay. the formation. All right, I'm like, so oh, no, it's like I, I just saw it was like the trap inside shuffle play. Okay. And that's what it was. You caught that without the replay. You caught it live. That's pretty good because mm-hmm. I'm going to guess most fans were like me where it was a lot of bodies piling up, confusion, of, you know, the pocket, not the pocket, but the, uh, the middle of the line basically collapsed, and I knew something was going on, and I saw the guy break the open field for a touchdown, but really until I saw the replay, I didn't know how they pulled it off, and when I watched it, I was like, wow, talk about execution. Well, uh, the up back was the one that went in, in like, that caught the lateral, like, from the thing. He's the one who caught the ball. The guard pulled in front of him. Coach, there's a rule that Wait. if your guy that is across from you and your defensive lineman runs and pulls, you follow him, you get right in his hip pocket, he's taking you to the ball. Yep. The Bears guys didn't do that. They ran into the backfield. There's a there's a saying, Abraham Lincoln came up with it. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Well, those guys thought, oh, forget the fact that the guy ahead of me, in front of me, ran in the other direction on a field goal attempt because, you know, that must not be. He must do that all the time when they're trying to protect on a field goal. That's so moronic. That's so bad as a defensive lineman to ch- to not chase the guy that yeah. just ran in. No. And that's, that cost the Bears a huge – that's seven points right yeah. there that cost the Bears. They'll talk about that on film. Great blocking and great execution by the Packers. Now, the only part I'll disagree with you, wasn't the up back that got the ball. It was the tight end? It was the guy on, on the left side, out you know, outside left. It wasn't the up back. Coach, what do you think you call that guy? Not when the, you're in a field goal position, you have the kicker, you have the holder, you have the up backs, the tight ends, and the five linemen. The up back is is split out wide, one step off the line. What else do you call that guy? The wing? Uh, yeah, I'd call him a wing back. Okay, but okay, we're talking we're that, talking about the up, same. I call him the up back. Okay. He was off the he was a back. He was off the line of okay. scrimmage. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, that big big play right there. By the way, <laughs> I got to give David Olson credit. He came up with this expression spur of the moment too. I was talking about um, how you know bad Jay Cutler is and, uh, as a leader. And, yes, the offensive line was bad, but I made the point, you know, a good leader, a good quarterback, you can elevate the play. Pick him up a little bit. Pep up a good leader, elevates his teammate. And David goes, well, and I'll try to be uh, kind in the word here, you can't elevate S once it's on the ground. Pretty accurate description. It does splatter a bit, Coach. Huh? Yeah. That stuff does splatter a bit when it hits. You can't elevate SH once it's on the ground. And I, I have to admit, the, uh, beyond the humor of it, it's a pretty good point. But uh, it was brutal. It was brutal. All the Bear fans all pumped up, psyched up for the game, and the Packers doing the celebrate. We already got about five tweets and Facebook messages and emails from Big John up north of the Wisconsin border. Big Dog, prepare for a call any minute now from Big John. You know what the funny thing is? When the Bears beat the Packers, I don't even think of him. I do. See, he's a little. Yeah, I, I, I really, I don't. It's like I don't ever taunt anybody. I've actually played real football. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think he was taunting. He was just making sure that we woke up and remembered the fact that the Green Bay Packers won. Anyhow, yeah, nice, nice tw- to know, coach. Twenty-three to ten, beat the Schmoes. Football picks coming up a, a little bit later. I'm going all NFL today, big dog, and. Um, we got three games to pick. We'll see on Monday if we can come back. David Olson, our producer, coming off of it's early. We don't want to get too excited, but coming off of two consecutive three and zero weeks against the point spread. So um, 
If you're out there betting a little change in coin on the two guys that a Mike show picks, A, you might want to question your um, gambling sanity. And B, if you're going to do it, jot down with a number two lead pencil the picks of uh, producer extraordinaire David Olson. He's on a hot streak. Ride the hot hand, Big Duff. That's what you do. Ride the hot yeah, hand. That's what you always do, Coach. Yep. Any games you like out there this weekend? No, well, last week I had a – you always say, oh, you do better when you wing it. No, I do better when I think it over. Last week I just winged it, and uh, I did extremely horribly. I actually had to make my picks after we got off the air with Mason, and I'm pretty much doing exactly the same thing this week, mm-hmm. so we're in a lot of trouble. Even before we make our picks, I'm picking three teams I don't even know. So There's some there's some interesting games out there in the NF of L. Uh, by the way, I love the next Thursday matchup. The New York Giants and Carolina Panthers. I think that 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 might be some good television watching. Cam Newton going up against the New York Giants, but that is for another day. A Lions at the 49ers. I like that game, Big Dog. I think it's a, a real test. You know, Detroit put up or shut up, right? How good are they? At yeah, San Francisco. Do you, yeah. do you, yeah. Even if they don't win, do you do you see the Lions competing, or are they uh, not ready for prime time yet? Because the 49ers are. Uh, I see, uh, I see the, the, the pain in the ass coach, Mark Schwartz, wherever the hell his name is, upset that Jim Harbaugh shook his hand too hard again after the <laughs> oh, game. Oh, that's right. That's what I see, that's what I see going on. Oh, that game. I forgot about that. This will be the handshake game. Yes, yeah, handshake game. Interesting. Well, would that be fun to watch? Even if you don't tune into the game, watch the end of the game. I forgot about that. The two guys going into a handshake. What was that? Harbaugh. And his 49ers won a very dramatic game at the end, very tension pack. And in the handshake, he shook a little bit too hard and patted him on the back, but it was more like a swat on the back. And then Jim Schwartz went after him, right? Yeah, he did. And then started <laughs> complaining about it. And, yeah. and Jim Harbaugh was just like, it's a handshake. It was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty, it was yeah. funny. <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. I'll make sure we catch the uh, tail end of that. It's on WMAQ. Oh, that's the night game, 720. On Channel 5, so I may have to tape the end of that. How about Jets? Are they for real? Versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Doug. Good matchup at Pittsburgh. Yeah, that should be a really good game, an extremely physical game. This, these are teams that not too long ago played in the AFC Championship game versus each other. So, uh, yeah, this should be a, a pretty exciting game. And it's also a, a game that both of these teams need in terms of the, the 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 Jets to prove that hey they really are a team that can beat you forty eight nothing and my goodness the Steelers need a need a win after getting hammered by the Broncos mm-hmm. in the first win of the yeah, uh, a lot season. of people thought the Jets were going to lay an egg this year you know ready for the beginning of the end for the New York Jets with all the turmoil that they've got going on then they come out and play a great first game was that a mirage or do you think the Jets are still going to be a pretty good football team no I, I do think the Jets are a, a pretty decent football team and. Uh, just because they didn't score offensive points in the preseason doesn't mean that 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 they're going to be bad. They they but they have offensive line issues. Every single team in the NFL has offensive line issues, and yet they figure out ways to protect their quarterback and and, and score mm-hmm. points. So uh, that's something the Bears need to, to take a like take note of. Is there's a lot of teams out there that have uh, that have quarterback issues. Two teams that uh, both lost their opener, the Saints and the Panthers, go at each other. I think this will be a good game because neither of these teams want to go 0-2. A lot of optimism for Carolina, most of it based on their rookie of the year, uh, near MVP Cam Newton last year, phenomenal freshman year, Ron Rivera in his second year, right? 
as the head coach? Yes. Ex-Bear Ron Rivera were kind of rooting for him. And the Saints laid an egg in game one. They got the whole turmoil with the coaches and the suspended players. Both teams 0-1 at Carolina. Saints bounce back, or do you think Carolina, the young ball club, steals one? Um, I'm going to have to say that Carolina is actually going to win this game here. They have pretty high expectations. They were knocked off their rocker the, the first uh, week of the season. And the Saints have a lot of holes. It's not just because, you know, like Peyton and all these other coaches, you know, are out. It's They have a lot of holes. They've lost a lot of players the last couple of years. And uh, I honestly, I do think the Panthers are a better team right now, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are uh, some of the matchups that I think will be a little bit intriguing. On the collegiate front, Big Dog, we'll get to our Beat the Schmoes football picks in just a second. You want to talk some football with us, high school, college, or professional? We don't take uh, lingerie football questions uh, on Fridays. I think, what do we have, lingerie Wednesday? Is that right, Big Dog, where we break it down? That's on Wednesdays. Yes, the lingerie football this yes. year. I have, we have some very good participants this year. Excellent matchups. Uh, tune in next Wednesday for our live webcast. But uh, today it's all about real football. From the collegiate uh, forefront, Big Dog, uh, any games out there is must-see TV for the dog? Uh, there is a couple great games that I would love to be able to watch this week. But, I, again, I'll be working basically starting when I get off the phone now until Sunday night at about uh, 10.30 p.m. so I won't get to watch still, any football. Still plenty so of time to think, cancel this. I think the spread that I would never watch. I mean, you that's could you I, could I cancel think. the Saturday night tour and still catch Florida at Tennessee. Now that would be a nice game to watch. Uh, that hopefully uh, I'll be able to watch at least the end, the fourth quarter of that game, and I would be a, mm-hmm. a happy young man at that point. All right, can Josh Newton's get it done? Josh Newton, I think it's Newton's. What was it, Monty Python, the Knights of Knights of Dick? N U N E S. He is the young man who's 2-0 and as a starting quarterback right now, but he has the uh, pleasurable or unpleasurable task, depending on your point of view, of filling in for longtime uh, Heisman Trophy winner Andrew Luck. Not longtime Heisman Trophy, longtime quarterback Heisman winner. He's the new Stanford quarterback, taking over for Andrew Luck, and he plays a team you might have heard of before Big Dog this weekend. They're called U.S., and I think there's a C at the end of it. Yeah, they they've got a... Pretty good game out on the West Coast there. Uh, it's at Stanford. Stanford has an extremely smart team and a powerful running game. Yes, they can pull it off. They're going to have to play awfully good in order to beat USC this year, Coach. Mm-hmm. USC has so many weapons on the outside, whether it's Marquise Lee or Robert Woods. Yep. They can get it done. And they got all types of – Silas Wright is their backup running back. I mean, this – Team is loaded with position players, mm-hmm. skill players, and they got a basically a pro quarterback playing QB for him. Yeah, a guy who's been starting for four years. Yep, that Matt Barkley. Yeah. He's I would say Matt Barkley's better than probably at least three or four quarterbacks starting in the National Football League right now. Maybe really? more. Maybe more. So that'll be an interesting game. Notre Dame at Michigan State. Interesting battle. Great rivalry. Those two teams have built up a very nice rivalry over the years. Uh, it's at Michigan State. What do you think about that one? Uh, Michigan State owns Notre Dame. Year in, year out, Michigan State puts a beat down on Notre Dame. Yeah. Have you seen Le'Veon Bell run this year? He is phenomenal, Coach. 
That dude, uh, they got to quit giving the ball 45 times a game if they want to uh, save him for the Big Ten mm-hmm. uh, part of the schedule. But, yeah, this Le'Veon Bell kick can play. There is a, I think it's an oak tree out in the, not the south, not the north, the south parking lot, right near the Groot Recycling Dumpster. And as I was driving by it today, that base of the oak tree reminded me of Le'Veon Bell's legs. That is one big dude. How'd you, yeah, how'd you like to wrap him up, Big Doug? That dude, he's a, he's like, a, it would be like tackling a hippopotamus in water. It'd be very difficult. <laughs> yeah, a hippo. <laughs> thank you for that description. Uh, a hippo, by the way, that can go about 4'8", four, 4'7", four, in the 40. Probably a little faster than 4'8", I'm assuming. But yeah, I think he's more of a 4'7", four, 4'6", four, guy. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll make our Beat the Smoke football picks. You can, too. You can, too. Here on our football Friday, 888-463-6748. The phone number, you can always email your picks in, too, at Mike. Two guys, AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Big dog, um, so this weekend you will be out and about on the kayak. Uh, any tours still open or are you booked all weekend? No, we actually, if you wanted to, someone that wanted to come out tonight, please come on down to the Montgomery Ward Building, 915 North Kingsbury, on the Riverwalk side. Go to the river side, not the street side. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll set you up with the Big Dog Special. All right. I've been walking down the uh, not. I've been walking near the the lake on the river side, the south side of the river. Beautiful, beautiful, lovely walk. You can watch all the boats come by, but apparently your kayaks do not make it that far down. Correct? No, we go there every day. We just that's not where we start from. Do you think we get in the kayak and don't leave the building? No, I understand you, but I thought we talked about this before. So you actually. Go down and do you head through the opening into Lake Michigan? No, we don't go into the we don't go through how, the lock. How far east do you go? All the way to the lock. Oh. Depending all on right. what tour I'm doing. Depending on what tour okay. I'm doing. Okay, well uh, all right. Because I, I walk by when I walk in that walk over there, um there are a couple of kayak companies. And There's I walk by them, I give them company. Huh? There's just one kayak company, Urban Kayak. Might be two. Maybe. But uh, I always give them a give them a dirty look and just kind of mutter behind me, you know, water riders. Well, those guys are all right. They they yeah. they're trying to get me to work for them next year. Uh-oh. For two years in a row, they're trying to get. No, that's, that's quite all right. They're nice guys. I talk highly of them. Okay. They talk highly of me. And uh, every time they give me an offer, it just makes hopefully the boss of our company realize that I'm I'm a wanted man. I'm not angry. Nothing nothing wrong with a little bidding war for the dog services either. There will be no bidding war. I, I will not leave Charlie Portis and Donnie Abrams. I love those guys. <laughs> loyal to the last drop. By the way, speaking of loyal, our old uh, general manager at the uh, radio station, Mr. Mark Pinsky, I had the pleasure or displeasure, whichever uh, route you care to go, playing a little golf with him yesterday. We did not make it out to Elgin, unfortunately, but we did hit the link. My first time on the golf course all summer, big dog. Fortunately, it was a par three, so I couldn't go that awry. Oh, uh, not good. And I only lost one ball. If, if you're going to go golfing on the swinging for the kids day, shouldn't you go out to Elgin and go and swinging for the kids? Well, there were a couple of issues. One, you and Big John couldn't make it. So the normal festivities, we would have been paired with two other people. Two, it's a long drive out to Elgin. I felt bad because that's a great cause. Steve Ritchie, swinging for the kids, wonderful charitable organization. So I did feel bad. Three, parent night at our school district. And if I stayed for the dinner which is the fun part of it. You remember afterwards, the open bar and the dinner. If, you, if you're going to go, you might. I don't like golf. 
So if I don't go, I might as well stay for that. Yeah, exactly. Then I miss, uh, you know, the, the whole school thing. And then four, you might be aware or not, there was a Packer-Bear game yesterday. So I combined all those four. I felt bad about it. But uh, believe me, if you and Big John were there, the two of us would have joined you. Yeah, I understand. I understand. All right. But we still, on behalf of the show, we did send a contribution into uh, Swinging for the Kids. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, before we make Beat the Smoke football, I'm looking at my note right here. I forgot to contact uh, Leland Corner from Oak Park River Forest High School, the young security Lehman. guy we were talking about yesterday. Lehman, Lehman Corner. Lehman All I Corner. Do call Oak Park River Forest High School and ask for tank. Uh, yeah, a tank corner, yeah. Lehman, Lehman Corner. L-E- and, uh, you'll be able to find him. L-E-M-A-N, right? L-E-M-A-N, yeah. Okay. I, I am definitely going to do that. Hope it might we... be L-E-H-M-A-N. Doesn't matter. When I'm calling up on the phone, I don't think they're going to care if it's a silent H or not, but we got to get him on the air, A and B. I want him to listen to yesterday's show where, and I'm sure he doesn't realize it, but he basically was the star of the show yesterday. I guess you got to see film of this guy, Coach. It's one of the most amazing things you'll ever see in your yeah, entire life. If you weren't life. listening to the program yesterday, you can check out our archives on the, uh, what's our website, David? Two guys and a mic. I get confused. Two guys and a mic. www.2 guysmike.com. You can always go to the talk zone, too, and, and punch in our show, and it'll get you right to the website. But uh, this guy was, what you said, about 5'2"? Five, 5'1", five, about 210 pounds, and it was all muscle. And now he's like into being a professional bodybuilder and all this other stuff. But i got to tell you, this he's the shortest football player I ever played against and the widest football player I ever played against, all rolled into one. And you That's said why he... when you talked about Le'Veon Bell, I seriously was like, he's no Lehman Corner. <laughs> and you said he has still has some NCAA records at some level? He Of every level of NCAA football, I don't know if he still holds it, but when he was done with his collegiate football career, he was the all-time yardage leader ever in the history of collegiate let football. Me, let me ask you this, because I'm going to be calling out of the blue. Will he know your name? I highly doubt it. If you can just say okay. uh, you played West Suburban football against Downers Grove okay. North, Gotcha. Do you remember carrying the ball 30 times and having a, a, a number 85 on your back, giving you karate chops to okay. your neck while he was dragging, <laughs> you were dragging him? <laughs> the guy fighting your ankles that you were dragging down the field. That guy. I'm I was not afraid of him. Everybody else in the whole league was, but I wasn't. But I'm picturing really Big Dog, me. like a like a 195 pound jockey going for a ride and just slapping the guy on the back like he got a whip in your hand. I was I was 177 pounds my senior year. I was like a buck. 65 playing defensive line at Downers North when I was a junior and a sophomore. It was, it was ugly. How'd the hair look? Sophomore and junior year. I've never so. seen a young Joel Radwanski. We know you've gone uh, shavage now. You had some uh, hair follicle situations earlier, but how was how was the Radwanski hair? Was it a, a uh, Clay Matthews Jr. flowing locks back in the high school days? Uh, I, I hate to admit this. And I didn't know it was called a mullet at the time, but <laughs> I had I, I had uh, I had it all business up top, and it was a party in back. In back so. <laughs> oh, where do yeah, you? It was, I had a mullet. I, my my hair by my my senior year was down by like the middle of my back, and then I <laughs> mohawked it out. Yeah, I right as soon as the playoffs started, I mohawked it out. And I had a mohawk that went like down the middle of my back. I, I did look straight uh, Cherokee coach, <laughs> besides the fact I was tasty. 
Yeah, I bet the female fans love that. All right, enough of this nonsense. Time for Beat the Smoes football picks. Big dog, um, if you need a little bit of time, I'm more than happy no, to no, let no, you. I, just, I honestly took three games. I haven't watched anybody, and I'm not going to watch either. And I just, I'm taking all the points in the games. All right, go. sounds like no, you want to go. I'm not, a, I'm not, as a matter of fact. Uh, I'm going to take Louisiana Tech. What? Minus nine and a half. No. Against, against Rice. Oh, come on. I thought Rice played this year. They, they will not They will not cover any type of spread. Oh, come home. on, Joe. Louisiana Tech. Bother game. I have Bowling Green State as a seven-point underdog <laughs> against Toledo. Are you kidding me? The whole touchdown. <laughs> Wait a minute. I saw, I saw Bowling Green State play against Florida. They barely lost that game. They'll barely lose this one, too, against Toledo. So you're taking Toledo. The, the other game I have is the only Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many points are we giving up with Toledo? Uh, Bowling Green State is getting seven points. And you're taking Toledo? I'm taking Bowling Green oh, you're State. They're getting Green. seven okay. points. All right. Now, David, I thought it was Isn't Bowling Green. I'm taking, I'm the, the getting and giving. Sorry. I thought I thought it was Bowling Green University. I never knew there was an institution known as Bowling Green State. Yeah, it's Bowling Green State University. Wow. You learn something new every day, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. It's the beauty of this show. I don't know okay. if any of our listeners learn, but I do. All right. What's our third game? And then I will take Colorado State no! University getting 16 and a half. That's plus 16 and a half, Coach, versus San Jose State University. That's I couldn't believe steal. that line when I said it. So I'm pro- they're probably going to lose by 100. That's a steal. So That's a go. gift. Gift. Take the Ram. Is San Jose State that good? That's what I said. I could not wow. believe what I just saw. The Ram getting 16 and the hook. Highly impressive. All right. So the big dog is struggling early, going with the strategy of going with some of the more obscure games. Uh, and we will see. Louisiana Tech, Bowling Green State, and Colorado State are the picks of the big dog. David Olson, two consecutive, 3-0 and picks. Ladies and gentlemen, get your number two lead pencils ready. Big dog, please take notes. I shall. All right, game number one, uh, Buffalo is favored uh, by three what? over Kansas City at home. Take Kansas City in this one. Both teams got both teams got blown out last week, but I saw more in Kansas City than in Buffalo. Okay. Plus, uh, Kansas City's getting some of their defense back. Uh, Talimba Hall's back from suspension, so I think they're going to take Buffalo in this one. Casey on the road, and you're giving up three and a half. Okay. All right. Game number two. Uh, Philadelphia is favored by two what? at home over Baltimore. No. I like Baltimore in this one. Wow. It's going with the road dogs, big dog. Okay. Okay, and then uh, Pittsburgh is favored by home, at, at home by five over the Jets. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one. Take Pittsburgh over the Jets. You got Baltimore over Philadelphia, right? Correct. And you said that game is at Philly? That's at Philly, right, yeah. So a couple of, and, and who's favored? The Eagles are favored, huh. which I, I thought was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. What do you think – before we even comment on that, big or before I make my picks, Philadelphia favored against the Raven. A little bit surprised, or you think the home field? Uh, Philadelphia is a dream team still. So I don't know what it is. Michael Vick has the whole freaking world film pooled, and he'll, you know he'll play great for a couple of weeks this 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 year. We'll see which ones they are. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, people tend to think Philadelphia is going to be good just because they have Michael Vick. You know, Michael Vick really hasn't done anything besides two years ago. Interesting. And the Ravens looked uh, really good. Really good. Joe Flacco. 
they maybe turning the corner. They, looked, they, they, they were actually throwing the ball down the field. But look yeah. what happened. The Bears looked really strong throwing the ball down the field week one, and it didn't happen week two. Great so, point. You know, I mean, that's like it's one of those things where that's the Ravens thing is very similar to the Bears. Is can they be an offense that can put points up on the board when they really, really need it? So we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will tell you this: I don't like the Eagles. Yeah. Overrated. Overrated. That would be the word you would think, but uh, we will see. We will see. All right. Now we got David Olson's pick. So, again, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh, a couple of road teams, and then taking the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers to knock off the Jets. All right. My first game, Oakland at Miami. Big dog, the Raiders, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, I, I, when I first saw that, I thought 21-and-a-half. And I thought, oh, that's too much. But two-and-a-half? Even though it's at Miami, I will take the Oakland Raider, and uh, very gladly and gingerly give up the two-and-a-half to Joe Philbin and his uh, train wreck that is the Miami Dolphins. I'm taking Oakland in that game. Uh, unfortunately for David Olson, one of my picks agreed with him. I got Kansas City on the road, giving up three-and-a-half against the Buffalo Bill. Sorry about that, Dave. <laughs> and then uh, Tennessee at San Diego. Chargers off to a good start at home, favored by six. Tennessee, I think they're going to be a train wreck this year, too. Chris Johnson trying to uh, rediscover the old Chris Johnson. Right now, he looks like the new Chris Johnson. The new Chris Johnson, not nearly as good as the old Chris Johnson. For transcripts of today's show, you can write us here at the Mike Two Guys email. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers. Giving up six, big dumb. Well, yeah, the Chargers look good so far. The, the one game they played, they looked excellent this year. Mm-hmm. Melvin Ingram looked great for them. Hold on, I'm marking down my picks here. Oakland against Miami. All right. And again, anybody wants to call in, uh, still a little bit of time to get your picks in. Beat the Schmoes. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here on the Two Guys at a Mike show play Beat the Schmoes. Pick any three games versus the spread. High school, college, or pro, 888-463-6748. You can email us at mike2guysaol.com. Rain out yesterday, uh, White Sox in Detroit. Big dub. They make it up on Monday. Sox at the Twins this weekend. Pennant race continues. And uh, no rest for the weary. The Sox will be playing almost every day from here on in. Yeah, and it's uh, the fact that hopefully when they come back from Minnesota, it's not that big of a, a distraction to go play that the Monday game back here and then leave for another trip yep. after that. I'm I'm, I'm not going to feel yep. sorry for million-dollar athletes that yep. are inconvenienced, but psychologically-wise for them to help winning games, hopefully you know that's not that big of a deal. And we do miss so. Justin Verlander, which... It's not such a horrible thing. And they also miss Chris Sale, which, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. you have to, we'll go advantage Advantage uh, White Sox on that particular one. Jim Calhoun, little titillating tidbits, news and notes as we come to the end of the show. Longtime Connecticut coach has retired. He's going to stay on and do some administrative work. But Kevin Ali, no relation to Muhammad. Kevin Ali takes over Connecticut for long-timer Jim Calhoun. Yeah, and uh, this is the first couple years of his reign are really going to show where the Connecticut program goes, goes Coach, because mm-hmm. it was never a basketball program before. There's no reason for it to continue to be a basketball program now unless they continue the momentum that Calhoun has created with Connecticut over the 26 years yeah. that, that he's been coached there. You see what I'm getting at? Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like he's taking over Kentucky, where Kentucky's going to be a great program, whether they had 10 bad years under, you know what I mean, that yep. half the re- re- Retain the momentum you had under Calhoun. Syracuse coach uh, Jimmy Beheim says one of the great coaching jobs all time, and 
you can say what you want about the other stuff. Uh, I agree with him. He took a Connecticut team, which at that point was in some conference, uh, some conference that is now disbanded, but a small conference with zero tradition in a state that's not easy to draw recruits to without any notoriety, big dog, and he built a powerhouse. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, you you do have the ability to say, hey, you're from New York City and you can drive to a game. But other than that, I mean, it's still Connecticut. And, and when you're in New York City, you have all those other, you have the, you know, the St. John's, the Syracuse, all those other schools that are, the, you know, that are either a home city or home state that you can go to. So, yeah, it, it wasn't, it's not easy to build a program in Connecticut. That's why I was just shocked when you mm-hmm. consider what he's done there, three national championships and just, Overall, consistently great team. For a long, not just a five, ten-year run, but a long period of time. Uh, did you see the Derrick Rose press conference? I, I only caught highlights of it, but wow. Do you know what I'm well, talking about, Doug? Yeah, absolutely. Seen him cry from, the, oh, wow. from how hard he's working. Well, say that again. He what? He's uh, basically, he started crying. and He was talking about how hard he was working and, and all the love that he was getting from uh, the Chicago fans and how much it meant to him was pretty cool. Yeah, well, you're missing another point behind a point beyond the tears. It was the fact that he hasn't been able to play and that he's been out for so long. But really, where the tears started is when they talked about, uh, you know, the summer in Chicago and really in his the area he grew up in, Englewood, and on how many young kids have been shot and killed. I think you know, fifty five. 55 wow. senseless killing. But part of it was when they brought up that topic, Big Doug, and Derrick Rose, he is pure Chicago, and that's that's what drew some of the emotion also. Well, I didn't know that that's because I heard him say, you know, being a, a kid that got out of Englewood, yeah. I could really appreciate all the love that I've gotten. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I thought you saw. I didn't know that it was yep. uh, all, all the ridiculous murders that have gone down. And if you think about this, how big the Englewood, it's like a four-block-by-four-block four neighborhood. And 55 people have been murdered in there this week, this year. So once a week in a four-by-four-block neighborhood and during the course of a year, somebody dies. I don't know if all all 55, to be fair, have not been in Englewood. But, um, Coach, there's going to be 900 murders yeah. this year in the city of Chicago. Okay. I would not be surprised if 55 of them were in mm-hmm. Englewood. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievably sad is what it is. But... Um, but Derek Rose, man, you know, you talk about, well, every, everything I said about Jay Cutler at the top of the show, and to me anyways, his unlikability, you know, it's the complete opposite with Derek Rose. And I understand he's not, you know, Mr. Outgoing and stuff, but the guy is just genuinely nice kid. He's pure, and he lives and breathes the city of Chicago, Big Doug. He is the real thing when it comes to representing our city. Yeah, we, we are so lucky that we have him as a superstar here in the city of Chicago, Coach. Oh, by the way, one other note with Derrick Rose. uh, Apparently, baby number one. No mention of the uh, girlfriend, but apparently I think the the word was it's a baby boy and the baby is imminent, which I would assume the next two, three months, D-Rowe will become a father for the first time, Doug. No, I would think imminent means any minute now. Okay. Not two or three months. All right. So there you go. Derek Rose about to become a daddy. All right, Big Dog, we've come to the end of another award-winning week of programming. We'll be putting David Olson will put together the highlights of this week and send it to ESPN and a few other big shows. And I'm guessing within a couple of weeks we'll be uh, working for a national broadcast. Sounds good, Coach. <laughs> uh, thank you, sir. May I have another, huh? 
All right, don't yeah, we? Let, yeah, let, let us be reminded of our anonymity every time we're uh, on the show. Uh, come on, lighten up a little bit, will you, please? All right, Big Dog, have a good weekend, and uh, tell Lily the Lilac I said hello. Uh, I definitely will. Peace out, everybody. Peace out, Dave Olson. All right, I'm calling Leland Corner right after the Lehman. Lehman Corner right after the show. There it is. Big Dog is off. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back, whether you want us or not, Monday at 10 o'clock. I want to thank David Olson, our producer, for a week well done. Assistant producer, Randy Myers. I'm not sure what the hell he does, but I'm supposed to thank him and our tremendous interns who uh, don't show up anymore. I want to thank them also. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Signing off.